And I think that is probably why I'm here today as with the following that I have, because I spent all my creative energies in there. It was like exciting. And I'm like, every day was a new, I was thinking of things and what can I do next? And I was like, so into it. Practice dealing with your anxiety and practice like your coping skills so that when you're there, it's, you don't just get really overwhelmed. You're not on social media to please your friends, to please your family, mm -hmm. to show off who you are. You are on social media so that the people who need you for whatever your expertise is can find you. We're back and today I'm going to challenge Julie even more about her comedy experience and stand-up journey. That is what's happening today. Part two. Today. So uh, the reason I want to bring it up is just a few days ago, as of us recording this, she did perform stand-up in New York City at the Triad Theater on the Upper West Side to the tune of how many people in the audience? Probably almost 100, I'm going to say. I would say, yeah. Really? Yeah, there was at least, well, it's, okay, let's say Let's say 80. I mean, it was, <laughs> you had 40 people alone there I just know. for you. So, and then there was other people there for That's other true. comedians. Okay. So let's, it was a good sized audience. So I'm going to first ask you thoughts on like a debrief after the experience, and then we'll go back and we'll talk about leading up to it. All right. Yeah. Well, I think where we left off on the last podcast, like where we talked about mm -hmm. the stand-up journey was I was performing that night again in LA. Oh, right. And... That show was kind of, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't great. <laughs> okay. And why do you feel that way? I learned a lot. So I'm, I'm, I'm reframing okay. how I feel about the show. Because afterwards, I was really not happy with how it went. And I feel like I, le I learned a lot. So I learned... Basically, like, did this show. My teacher for my stand-up class invited me to it. I got to the show. He wasn't there. He was, like, out. And that was, like, you know, first moment of, holy shit, because, like, Panic, the one person right. I was supposed to know at this event isn't there. And I, it's only my second time performing. And I was just really stressed out. And, like, you know, I have a lot of anxiety. In a lot of ways, like, I prepare for things with my anxiety is, like, finding comfort in the things oh. that I'm, are, I'm comfortable with, that I know that I can – plan for. Yeah, and lean on. And lean on. Right. And like him not being there was like the first like, oh shit moment. Mm -hmm. And then I just felt major imposter syndrome vibes because I was like sitting in the green room with everybody and everyone's been doing this for years and they're at the show and I'm like, oh my God, like what the fuck am I doing here? Like I, I don't belong here. Everybody else is way more experienced and way more funnier than I was funnier. Way more. Way more funny. Way more funny. Um, <laughs> Grammar queen coming in <laughs> And hot. then I watched too many comics do their set before I got up. Mm. The venue wasn't like m my preferred style. Like, I don't know. I'm just, I just learned a lot. The stage was like so small and I like to walk around and be physical and animated and I couldn't really do that. Mm -hmm. People were like eating dinner. <laughs> it was more just like a sideshow and everyone else was like hanging out. So... Over, and I didn't. I didn't think my jokes landed that well. Like I got laughs. It wasn't crickets, but it also wasn't great. And then I started doing a lot more open mics, to like prep new material. And I really don't like the open mics. Yeah, open, open <laughs> I'm mics. gonna say it. Yeah, go ahead. I don't like say the it. open mics experience, especially like being someone who has a lot of anxiety. It's awful. Like I, it's like it's so annoying because it's something I have to do. Kind of something you have. You got to do it to like get the reps in essentially, but I just feel like it hasn't gotten easier. And I've probably gone to like almost a dozen open mics mm -hmm. now at this point since I've- Wow, that's that's a good amount. Yeah, I've gone to a lot because especially I was going at least like once or twice a week 
for like six weeks. So I've been to a lot of open mics now and I just feel like every time it's really anxiety inducing because no one talks about this either. If I had, if there was a podcast about open mics, you know, I would be more prepared. But from my experience, it's like, you sign up for these, it's like $5 for five minutes or whatever, and you go, and it's all the other comics who are also trying to work out their material. So they're like half paying attention to who's on stage. They're not really laughing. They're not your target audience, but you still go up and you do your set, and it's like very disheartening and discouraging when like nobody laughs, and you're like, well, this got laughs last week at a show, but it's fucking crickets in here. Right. So that was... It's like a learning curve. And I'm you almost have to think to it. about it like a practice room. I almost like it, it, liked... It's, yeah, it's like a practice room, but people are there. <laughs> you know what they should do, which would be really funny, actually, is to have like a laugh track play. <laughs> yeah, just put yeah. on my phone my so own like laugh track. Land a joke <laughs> and then you have a laugh track. I was thinking about that when I practiced to just like do that. It'd be so funny. <laughs> That's a great idea. Just because you you will get more comfortable or, or confident and feel like instead of this, yeah. because it's true, there it's almost like being in a piano practice room by yourself and you yeah. don't have an audience there. I mean, I've gone now to more and I do get some chuckles, mm-hmm. you know, so I'm like, okay, I got a chuckle. That's going to do good <laughs> in a right. packed house. <laughs> you know, one <laughs> chuckle equals like 20 laughs in an actual show. Um, <laughs> That's funny. But everyone's like always really You should nice. just bring me to the open mic. I'll chuckle if I do everything. And yeah, so <laughs> haven't been great, but I know it's like a part of the journey is like going to these and it's, it's helpful. It's like you get... I don't know. It's it's helpful and it's not helpful because now once I was coming to New York for a couple of weeks, I was like, I definitely want to do a show out here so that I can perform for all the family that's, right. and friends and everybody who's here because, you know, in L.A., just moved there. I don't really have a, a network yet, but everyone is here. So I was like, I'm going to do a show. And knew, I booked the show and I started doing like a bunch of open mics in L.A. to like prepare and writing a lot of material and just, you nice. know – Doing it, and I was getting so nervous for the show because, like, my only last reference point reference points from performing was that the bad show and all the shitty open mics that I've gone to. So I was like, "Am I even funny? Like, I don't know if any of this is gonna land." Like, it landed at my first performance that went really well, but didn't land at my second one, and it didn't land at like any open mics. So I'm like, I think going into it, I was petrified that like nobody was gonna laugh. And then it went really well. Went really well. <laughs> well, you had such a good – there was such good energy there, number one. Yeah. The, the, the place was really nicely arranged. So your audience yes. was all in front of you, whereas at the previous one, it was a very wide – It was – And it was like a side-to-side audience versus a in front of you up kind of in And it was so row. spread out because everyone was at like dinner tables. Right. So it was so like – This was a much nicer venue. it wasn't even that venue. many people. I think maybe it was like 40 people tops, like right. honestly. This was at the Triad Theater in New York now coming up. So it was – everything was right in front of you. The, your yeah. audience was more or less stacked. It was dark in the audience, so you weren't able to yeah, see. So let's talk about was, yeah. that a little. Well, we can talk about the day of was very difficult. I have yeah. to, I think now that I have a good reference point of like a good show right. under my belt again. So now I'm like, I have more good shows under my belt than right. bad shows. Good. I open mics, I'm just going to knock on <laughs> as like being good or bad. And you're just, they're neutral. Just <laughs> practice. They're practice. They're rooms, practice. Period. Um, so nervous. Like couldn't, well, the one, okay. The few things I learned at the second show that went really bad was I ate a really big meal beforehand and that was a humongous mistake because I was so bloated. I had to like hold down. I was like trying not Almost to burp not while yet. I was like oh. on stage. <laughs> Pleasant. And I know. But like I learned like not to eat a humongous meal beforehand. I learned not to watch like all the other comics beforehand and like, you know. Start to judge yourself or yeah, question just, yourself. Yeah, just like 
you know, walk through my set, but I don't have to like rehearse it a million times or else, you know, I knew I had it memorized. Anyway, so I learned a bunch of things that I applied to the show, which I think really helped. In addition, like I had therapy the week before and I was talking to my therapist about it and she was like, what are you doing to practice? And I was like, well, I'm rehearsing my stuff. She's like, well, you should also practice like how you're going to cope with your anxiety. Oh, Wow, like, that's smart. While you're there, if you if you know you're going to be anxious, like how are you going to practice dealing? Like practice dealing with your anxiety and practice like your coping skills, so that when you're there, it's you don't just get really overwhelmed. And that was very helpful. So wow. like the day of, I was doing a lot of like breathing exercises around the house. I even like I got the Calm app a few weeks earlier because I couldn't sleep and I was trying to listen to like sleep meditations. But then I found they had like a performance meditation, so I listened to that, and I feel like that was really helpful. Just preparing that like. Preparing my anxiety to perform. Right. Exactly. More, so more than your performance And I itself. think that really helps because then a part of it was like also visualizing, visualizing like having a good performance and visualizing being on stage and visualize like the feeling of doing well and all that stuff. So now I feel like I have a really good like preparation rhythm and hopefully next time I won't be as nervous because I just like couldn't do anything all day. Right. It was really hard. You, you know, I couldn't either, couldn't by either. the way. No one could do uh, anything. I wasn't even getting up there. I was like, I can't. I'm going to throw up. Anyway. But then getting to the show... And sitting in the green room. And it was really nice because the whole show was like all women. There was like two, three guys that performed. At it, and then there was like six or seven or even eight women. And that was really nice because a lot of the shows I've done in LA, it's always a lot of men. And it's just like, okay. That's a nice I don't know, change. girl power. I don't right. know. Everyone's very. Well, the lead comic was a woman, so that yeah, helped. everyone's very like chatty and, you know, no one's. It wasn't like, it was a very like communal. Supportive. Support. It was yeah. like being in the girl's bathroom. Oh, I like That's that. That's what it was like. I love that reference. Before the show. Good, good. And it was funny because none of the guys who performed hung out in the green room. Oh. <laughs> I don't know if they just like were like too much whatever. But <laughs> there was too much, what do you call it, estrogen or yeah. something in the room and they had to leave. So you that know. was nice because it was Feel just like them. it felt like more of a supportive group. I don't know. It just felt like more supportive. So that was that. And then I think going up and... Did you like that you had to walk through the crowd to get to the I stage? I kind of liked that. That was kind of cool. That was kind of fun. Uh, and I saw Steven right before. Like I got – was able to get his attention. So I like saw him right before, which is like very comforting because I didn't know where anybody was, was sitting, in the audience. Yeah. And then when I got to the stage, couldn't see anybody's faces. I could only see the front row. And one of my friends is in the front row, Natalie. And she was the only person I really could like see. And if I was ever getting stressed, I would kind of like look at her for like – Because the lighting was more on moment. her. Even yeah. Colleen was there, but the lighting yeah. wasn't on her. So, But like provided a good grounding moment. I vaguely knew where like you guys were. I vaguely knew where Tommy was. I knew where Steven was. So like – Vaguely knew my points, but it's like as soon as I got on stage and I had the microphone, like all of my nerves like disappeared. And I truly really felt like I was like in a state of flow. Like I didn't even have to think about like the next joke, except for when Jonathan. Dum, dum, dum. <sighs> all right. So Jonathan. Interrupted. For those of you who know Jonathan, <laughs> he is my middle, ch middle child autistic and he is very, very into this idea of Julie doing comedy. He's he, very into the idea of me cursing on stage. Yes, with the he microphone. loves when she does a bad word, you know, says a bad word. He laughs the loudest. He enjoyed every comedian, every <laughs> comedian. He was laughing the loudest, having a great time. So it was great that he was there. He's so excited to see you on stage. He was yeah. so impressed. But, but there's one joke he really likes because I talk about growing up in an ingredients household and I say, you know, I talk about what an ingredients household is, and I said if I wanted dessert, I would have a big scoop, of, like a handful of chocolate chips and a big fucking scoop of imagination. And so he, he didn't know he knew that joke. He from knew the, last... the line from my first set, and he's probably knowing him. He's probably watched it like eighteen times on YouTube, so <laughs> yeah, he like yeah, yeah. has it memorized. 
And the thing about doing stand-up comedy is you leave like pauses for effect. Right. And he was, and during my big pause, he screamed, I said, and if you don't know what an ingredients household is, if I wanted dessert, I would have, and he went, a handful of chocolate <laughs> chips. And I was like, oh my God, you, f- <laughs> I like internally wanted to crumble into a million pieces and die. Yeah. <laughs> but it was like, in my, in that moment, I saw you and I'm like, First of all, I was comforted by the fact that the audience had a lot of people we know. So yes, people knew, knew who it was that shouted out. Yeah, I was like, oh, I, I forget what I said. I think I blacked out at this moment because I was like, so you were like, thank you, Jonathan. Pissed. I think you said something like, like that. I can't wait to I hear was the like, playback. I think I was like, and that is my brother. Thank you, Jonathan. He <laughs> stole my punchline. And I, pro- I don't know, like, oh, God, I was just. <sighs> You did great because then you said, so yeah, what I'd need to have was, and you just picked yeah, up the joke and went up, with it, which was, it was fine. Just very, yeah. It was really funny because nobody- It was funny. Yeah. It, it was, was a funny moment. Looking back, it's funny, but like in the moment, I was like, are you fucking <laughs> Like internally, I just wanted to like scream. And I was thinking too, in the moment when you recovered really well, and I thought you just kind of played it off very nicely and yeah. you didn't make him feel bad or anything like that, which was great because he was very upset after he thought he was in trouble. <laughs> Because I was he like, was you're crying. not supposed to shout. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was crying. But um, we did recover after that. But I did think, well, this is a moment where anybody in the audience could say something and heckle. And you, yeah. you know, so it was almost like a practice for a potential heckler. Yeah. <laughs> it was. And then, you know, that one of the other guys had uh, had somebody that was heckling and that was even, you know, so at least you didn't have that. You had somebody that was yeah. familiar. You were able to I mess know, with. No, but it was just <laughs> like, why does this need to happen? I'm a 90s baby, so I grew up mainly in the 2000s when the ideal body type for women was hunger strike chic. (laughs) And I grew up in an ingredients household. Does anyone know what that is? A handful of chocolate chips. That is my brother. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Stole my punchline. Um, so yeah, an ingredients household, as Jonathan so eloquently said, is when if I wanted dessert as a child, I would have a handful of chocolate chips and a big fucking scoop of imagination. <laughs> and then the rest of the set went really well, and it, it was felt fun. really good. I felt confident. I didn't feel nervous. Good. And it was just really nice afterwards. I don't know. Like, the applause. Yeah. I don't know. Like, the end was... I don't know. It just was, it was really great. fun. I felt... So relieved that it was over, but I think more relieved that I have, like, a positive show under my belt again and not, like, a bombed show. And I know the second show wasn't a bomb by any means. Like, I got laughs and being very hard on myself and very, like, perfectionist moment of, like, being hard on myself Yeah, because everybody that, that went to that one that I knew in L.A. thought it was great. And, and they, like, But they had no reference point, I know. so you know you could do better. And I feel like part of the reason I didn't even, like, I didn't like the way I looked. I thought, mm-hmm. like, everything was very unflattering. And I was like, oh, my God, that's how I, like, that. Right. There was a lot of things. There was a lot of things. There was like a lot of things that made it go wrong. And then this just felt. Well, now that you have this and it's smooth, kind of it went, went, you know, as good as it could possibly go, in my opinion. It was amazing. And now you have this and you hopefully have this recording. What is your plan moving forward? Are you just, I know I have to ask the plan, but I just, do you have, we all, you visualize more than me. Like I'm a day at a time person. I know you're a planner. So I know you have some things in your mind about what you're thinking, like what, you know, perform more, potentially get paid to perform. Like what, you know, is that like a path that you're excited about? Do you ever see yourself performing maybe in a 
show, like, I don't know, some kind of a recorded opportunity. I'm making this up, but. Yeah. Um, Well, I feel like a lot of things. First of all, it's like the fun thing that I am doing that I hope will like help. I don't know, is documenting the journey on like TikTok and Instagram Mm -hmm. really showing because like I feel like I've never really seen anyone, any comedian. Like I follow a lot of comedians. I've always loved stand-up comedy. I've always loved, I don't know, that kind of thing. And no one's ever really like documented what it's like to be a comedian. So that's also what I'm doing, which I think is, I think, helpful to my kids. It'll help other people to that might want to do it as well. So I'm doing that. So like, you know, I I made a vlog from the day and I wish I have to post, but I don't know. I want to, I signed up for another like class because after doing the open, I did the class, obviously we talked about in the last episode, did the class and then I'm doing open mics and what I miss about doing the open mics, this might be just because, you know, I went to art school and I miss like... (laughs) I don't feedback, know, feedback, feedback, yeah. and having like an environment to like tell the jokes and get like notes mm. in the moment and like talk to other people who aren't like family who are like that's great, right? You know, and you guys don't do that because like I told you a joke and you're like oh that's that's okay that's, that's like, funny. Okay, I'm gonna tell you and truth. it fucking landed. <laughs> I was wrong. Right. You were wrong. <laughs> I was so, wrong. So <laughs> I signed up for another class to do that with like a different teacher um, who maybe is like more in line with like my style of comedy where Good. it's like. I'm not raunchy. Right. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what to call my stuff. Like what my, I, I'm a storyteller. Com- yeah, storyteller. I'm not going to relate you to like Seinfeld, but he he doesn't, he's not, doesn't do raunchy comedy. He's very funny because it's very relatable. Yeah, so the things you talk about are like relatable com- com- yeah. comedies. And it's also personal, which also, yeah. you know, lands with people because you let them know you. Now, I can't live without my iPhone. It's it's in my pocket right now. I don't need it right now, but it's in my pocket. <laughs> I can't live without my iPhone, but I definitely could live without the reminder of where I was five years ago today. <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but whenever I get one of those, it's like five years ago today, you were happy. <laughs> and it's a picture of me at the zoo, and I'm like, fuck. <laughs> that dumb bitch didn't know what she had coming. And then I delete the photo to prevent a mental breakdown the next year. <laughs> I really like the writing aspect. Like, I almost like the writing maybe more. No, I think it's equal. Like, I like the performing. Like, now, I do like the performing aspects. Then it's it's very, like, rewarding. And I like I do like the writing. So I'm going to take this next class, keep performing, keep doing open mics. I mean, like, obviously, yeah, it'd be great to, like, get paid to yeah, perform to and you know, reach for the stars and, you know, I don't know. I, th- I think that you're onto something with this like writing idea, because what I was going to ask you is how much are you like so excited and driven? Like you can't wait to perform. Like, are you a person that's just like lives to be in front of the camera and get those laughs or I mean, in front of the, on the stage yeah. or whatever, or do you feel like it's a combination of things? Because you could, when you scroll through and you show me all the things that you've written and you're reading some of them, they're all funny. They can almost be in a little, you know, you could write a, a book of like, yeah. you know, f- entitled something and you can put them into categories or whatever like that might be an interesting thing I mean I would love to write a book one day I've always wanted to write a book so that's like not off yeah, the so table maybe that's I'm just gonna see exciting. where this takes me right, gonna manifest positive growth and right. I don't know like doing more shows bigger audience like obviously I definitely like performing in more of a club vibe versus like a dinner mm-hmm. and side entertainment vibe and well, there's good. Now you can ask the questions to the venues when you're yeah. when you're applying to. That's the thing. It's like I've never done. This is my first foyer. Yeah. Foyer. Into the entertainment industry after mm-hmm. working in like social media. So 
definitely different. And I don't know what the, I don't know what the, the path is. Right. Like, like I'm just kind of like freaking winging it yeah, and like it. trying to figure it out. I know that I already kind of have like a head start being on social media. Cause it's like, I do these shows, I'm meeting these like other pretty like big comedians and they don't have any social media following. I, I feel like nowadays it's almost like you need to have a social media following. You kind of do. It's like yeah. almost validation for bookers that you can bring in an audience because right. you have a following. So. Well, it's funny too because when everybody um, – you got a, didn't you get an email from the venue to yeah, say thank like, you? Yeah, thank you for the advanced ticket sales. And <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, no problem. <laughs> this is because you posted on social media and then a bunch of people bought tickets. Mm-hmm. I mean that's that's a part of the game. Yeah. And so. that should be – you should get a percentage of the proceeds. I'm just saying. I know. I <laughs> that's next, finding – getting work commission. On that. <laughs> yeah, I think so. So now let's just um, – Talk about how this relates to content creation for you, because obviously you're not going to do your your bits in your social media. Yeah. I don't want to be like, that's the thing. I was thinking about that today, actually. It's like, I don't want to be known as like a TikTok comedian or like okay. a YouTube comedian. Like I'm just, I'm doing stand-up and then I'm posting your life. stuff. Yeah. But I'm not like, I don't know, I don't do like bits on TikTok of like, the only bits I do on TikTok are pretending to be you. Oh, yeah. That's the only bit I do. It's your best bit. It's my best bit for social media. <laughs> it's such a good bit. But You're I'm doing not, better like, than I do me. <laughs> but I don't like do skits. And I think it's like hard to do skits because then I, I don't know. Well, I, don't I think know. when you just, when you find something funny in a situation, like you're at the beach and you're like oh laughing God, at the yeah. lifeguards that weren't going to be able to save you because they, they you were know. scrawny. Yeah, right. <laughs> I would never post something like that, but that's a, right up your alley to post. And everyone liked that. Yeah, everyone liked thought it. it was, it was funny. Good. But I mean, that's the kind of thing, like you find humor in the day to day and you post it on your social yeah. media, but uh-huh. not, those aren't bits you're performing on stage. No, so it's yeah. two different, it's like two different lives or two different yeah. sides of your your life, which I can appreciate. It's really. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. So I think in terms of creating content, we are both still in this world of we have to push content out because we're both, you know, we have an audience who is expecting it. I was going to say one sorry, side note about the comedy thing. Alfonso, your doorman. And this has been something that's happened, I think, a few times since I started doing stand-up comedy. Alfonso's like, I saw him and he's like, you're actually funny. And I was like, okay, thank you. He's like, you're usually so quiet. And I was like, <laughs> you get that a lot. That's like though. 95% of people's reactions yeah. when I tell them I do comedy now. And it's just like, okay, like, just because I'm quiet doesn't mean I have no thoughts behind my eyes. <laughs> well, I will say this what, what Alfonso maybe didn't have before is he didn't have you on social media before because I think your yeah. social media self shows us a glimpse into yeah. your comedy self. But like meeting you in person, nobody would ever think. You're quiet, you know, if you're in a group of people. And you always don't think you are, but you are a little quiet. And I know I'm quiet. Yeah, I, yeah. Don't, I, don't okay. say I don't think, I know I'm quiet. Okay, well, you are quiet. <laughs> All right. So my point is though, like in, in a social setting, you might be quiet, but if people know you on social media, they think you're more outgoing. And if they haven't met you in person, like a lot of people I know think, oh my God, your daughter's hilarious because they know you on social media. Mm-hmm. But the people that know you in real life and then find out you're doing stand-up comedy, like, oh my God, she's so quiet. You get it? Yeah. So it's like your your two-camera personality is your comedic self. Yeah. And and that is separate from, you know, your personal personality, your in-person, your IRL personality. I'm so funny in person. <laughs> you're acting you're like I'm a freaking be- hermit. No, but you're quieter. I know I'm quieter. But you're funny the minute we get to know you. Thank you. Okay. You're welcome. Got Chris, enough. okay? All right. Just make <laughs> sure. Funny, goddammit. <laughs> All right. So we got that covered. Now, what happens when we, um, I'm going to transition right into having content. Yeah, sorry. Content panic. When we are 
burned out and tired of posting content because now you have this new avenue to like start to post. But when you're in your comedy zone and you're focused on, oh my gosh, I have this, I have a performance coming up, you almost can't focus on making content. So talk about that a little bit. Yeah, that's kind of what's been happening. And it's also just like, I'm using my creative energy in like a different way. So that's why I don't have any as like many TikTok ideas because I'm like thinking more about like writing longer format, like jokes and stories and bits that like, then, yeah, I don't feel like making content essentially. Okay. Um, I am going to relate to that. So I know, and also just because of the show, I haven't like really posted a bunch because – and then being here, I don't know what happens. It's just like, it's almost like it's like summer vacation when I come home. So it's it's like I don't feel like doing – not that I don't feel like doing anything, but then I'm like I'm going to take a break because I'm like on vacation. Right. So I don't feel like making yeah, it. Yeah, that and is the difference also, when, when we are together, especially when we're together here. When we're yeah, together in LA, we somehow content. we're more focused. I don't know if it's like – I don't know what it is. I don't know. It's just like harder for some reason. And I don't know what it is, but I don't try and I like don't beat myself up if I don't post for a few days anymore because I've like had videos after I haven't posted for like two weeks get like a thousand views. Mm -hmm. And like I know it's like not like humongous, but it's also like, okay, it's fine. Right, right, right. And I know – and the hard part is being a social media strategy person. I know being consistent. I know what you got. Like I know what you have to do to be consistent on social media and like grow. Right. From, like I know what you have to do, but sometimes I just don't fucking you don't feel like do it. it. Yeah. You don't want to do it. I already do it for work. Then it's like for me, I just, I don't feel like turning my personal creative outlet into like a machine. Yeah. Like I just want it to flow. Yeah. I, I get it. So I have this very weird thing that just came to my mind as you're talking about when you're focused on a performance. Yeah. When I'm focused on a production, like if I'm in the midst of right now, I'm producing, I'm helping out with Arisa's job and I'm doing the upcoming directing the Sensodyne stuff. When I'm focused on that stuff, I feel like so much of my creative energies are being spent in that direction. Yeah. And not only creative energies, just energies in general that I almost like, oh my gosh, I can't, I don't have like the freedom in my brain to be creative on yeah, the social media like platforms. Or like you don't have the energy. I, like it's that's weird. the biggest thing for me. It's is like when I'm in like a comedy zone, I'm like, I don't f- have the energy right. to like dedicate any more creative Well, I juices. have the energy, but I just don't have, I'm yeah. like, my juices are spent elsewhere, right, at the moment. So it's really funny because I've, I haven't really realized this. A lot of times I'll be in the moment, I'm at a shoot, and then I think, oh, let's make a TikTok, you know? But I have to put, I have to make that effort to remember. Yeah. I have to find, find time to make to, to, today in my content. And I put it, I push through and put it in my agenda more because I feel more compelled because of the level of following that I have. And I'm like, I have to be out there. I have to be yeah. present. I have to, I don't want to disappear. What happened last time I disappeared? People are like, what happened to you? And I ended up like, I, I was going through cancer. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I don't want to like fall off the, you know, the, the yeah. earth and then people are worried about me kind of thing. So I feel that a little, I don't feel pressure per se, like it's negative, but I feel, um, I feel obligated. I feel like I've got to do this. Like I, you know, yeah. and I also like it. So there's that. So, but I will say that when I, I think partly why this all happened was during the pandemic when I had no production and I had no creativity energy happening, flowing in any direction. So all of it went into TikTok and social media and Instagram. And I think that is probably why I'm here today as with the following that I have, because I spent all my creative energies in there. It was like exciting. And I'm like, every day was a new, I was thinking of things and what can I do next? And I was like, so into it. So 
I still have that feeling of being into it, but I also have that I need to teach people. I need to keep people informed. So I have more of like, I feel I have a responsibility. Yeah. I should say that more than an obligation. I feel like it's more of my responsibility now Yeah. because it's like what I am helping people with. And that Mel Robbins TikTok that I love so much about why are you on social media? You're not on social media to please your friends, to please your family, mm-hmm. to, to show off who you are. You are on social media so that the people who need you for whatever your expertise is, can find you. Yeah. And I think about that so much now, especially if I have a hesitation about po- something I'm going to post. I'm like, oh, my family's going to think, my family's going to think I'm crazy. You know, when I get into that mode and then I'm like, that's okay. They can think I'm crazy. They know I'm crazy. It's fine. And I post because I'm not, I'm not posting for family, friends, neighbors. And, you know, I'm posting for because I'm compelled to, I feel like this is my journey. And I think people, mm-hmm. there's people there that need what I have to offer, yeah. whether it's for teaching or just for energy or for pure, you know, a- entertainment. That's what I think that we're, that everybody should think about their social media in that way and change the game. And when I, we teach people, when we give our coaching sessions and we explain to people, don't be so worried about yourself and how people are thinking of you. Think about yeah. how you're impacting the people that are watching. Yeah. And who those people are that you can help that are, you know, that wouldn't otherwise be able to find you. Yeah. And I, I mean, on a s- separate but slightly, <clears throat> re- I mean, I think it's still related. I posted something the other day because my TikTok, Instagram, social media journey has gone like, it's like a freaking Super Mario Kart race. <laughs> like so many different levels, stages, phases. You know, it started as a food TikTok and then I did like more travel stuff and then it was just like life. Now it's like more comedy. But someone had like a really nice comment and was like, I'll I'll shout her out like what Morgan does. That's her handle. Um, People that I follow. I don't know. It's also weird. Side note, taking a tangent, like knowing people on social media and I'm like, oh, I know what this person does more than like my friends because she posts. She's a content creator and she's posting her life. I know what's going on in her life. But I don't really know uh, yeah. as much of what's going on with my friends who are like friends from college or high school or hometown who don't really post on social media. It's like it's that's weird. It's so, like I almost feel like I know these people better. It's than so like true. Those we know people. them day to day better. Yeah, you know. But anyway, that's she had so- a nice like an interesting comment. It's like oh, we followed you for like your love of food and like Claire Saffitz, and now we're like here for you on your comedy journey. So I was like, <sighs> thought that was really nice, but also like another. I'm not really like necessarily posting for a target audience right. for like ROI or sales. Like yeah, that's I'm a more posting thing. for myself, but I think thing. also, are you going to cry? No. That you just look like your eyes are me. watering. Oh, so do yours. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Well, mine are, but good. Okay. <laughs> I mean, in a way of like good emotion, not yeah. like I'm going to start sobbing or anything like that. That was a really um, nice comment. Yeah. So that's like the other side of the coin is like if you're not really trying to like serve an audience, if you're just trying it's to. It's a lot easier if you're not trying to serve it because it, yeah, you can just be yourself. Be yourself. And mm-hmm. it's not necessarily like I'm posting just for myself because I tell – when we tell people like don't just post for yourself. Like no one cares. It's your cousin's like best <sighs> friend's boyfriend's sister's birthday. If it's not – yeah. Like don't post about it, you know. That's different than what I, I think am yeah. doing. It's like I don't, I don't It's a story. It is a story. And it's all like, it depends on if your brand, what your brand is about at that time. Yeah. You know, when you were posting food, you were focused on doing that and that's what you were loving and you were doing the baking things and making the recommendations. And now you're on a different path and it's like, but the people have grabbed onto you are following your ride wherever you go, Yeah, which I I think is key. I want to just address this thing of like the content blockage and when you're stuck. So 
I know that this is going to sound like a promo, but it's gonna, it sort of is in a way. But when I get stuck, because I know when we write the creative forecast, yeah. the weekly email, I actually, you tend to more lean on the trends and I, and then together we come up with the original content ideas and I'm always focused on what are the social media new things on the apps and the tips, you know, the minute, the minute we have threads, I'm putting a tutorial out there. So we have our, our roles in the creative forecast. So when I am stuck I actually go and look at like the last two weeks of creative forecast and and look at what trends you've posted because <laughs> I'm like, oh, she's probably got some easy trends there for me. Mm -hmm. So even though I we put it out together, I focus on my part of it. You focus on your part of it. I use your part of it. So thank you. You're welcome. All right. So if anybody needs help with that, get the creative forecast, the weekly email. That's like a, a shameless plug, but it's important. An important it's, plug. It is. It's important because it's actually part of why we created it for when you have, quote, writer's block in the world of, <laughs> in the world of social media. Yeah. And we all have it. That's, that's it. What we are doing with Socialize and how we are slightly changing our journey is mm -hmm. we're going to focus more on the creative forecast being a much more broad, useful tool that brings you more things. So it's not just going to bring you three trends and three content ideas. Now we're taking it further and we're going to keep you abreast of social media app updates, anything new. We're going to post tutorials. When we see something that's trending, we're also going to add the tutorial for you. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to constantly be keeping up with updates. And at some point we're, I mean, we do focus right now on Instagram and TikTok. And so we're, we're even more focused on making sure that we're spreading across all platforms so that we're giving you a lot more content content and a lot more options depending on what your favorite platform is. Yippee de yay to that. It's like we ended with a commercial. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> How'd we get there? <laughs> I don't know. You brought us on this journey. I had to. I had to bring it up because we're changing. We're going to change the formula a little bit and I yeah. like it. We updated the website. Yeah. We have an ebook. Mm -hmm. Lots of fun things. But yeah, the newsletter is going to be our main squeeze, I guess, for the next. Yeah, it's going to be our main squeeze. And so if you know people that need the help, please send them our way. You can sign up right on our homepage, hellosocialize.com to get the, the newsletter. And probably, um, hopefully most of our listeners are already getting it. Yeah, nice. <laughs> and maybe we'll have to feature a podcast episode in the middle of one of them soon. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we covered a lot this week. Covered comedy, content. We went for a forecast. ride. We did. We had a fun ride. And uh, I always enjoy it. So thank you for being here with me, Julie. It's getting a little hot in here, so we have to wrap it up. Okay? <laughs> so we have to turn off the air conditioning to record nice sound for you, but now we're sweating. So it's time to go. All right. Yours All right. truly. Yours truly, Helen and Julie. So if you enjoyed the podcast today, please give us a nice review. We would adore you for it. And check out our business together, hellosocialize.com. Hop on the creative forecast email list and get all the things you need to make your content journey a lot easier. Uh, we know where to find us on social media. I hate to say it, but I'll say it again anyway. At The Mothership with a U for me. And for Julie, it's at Julie Polisi, J-U-L-I-P-O-L-I-S-E. And lastly, thank you to our producer, Grace, our lovely studio that we enjoy in New York City with or without air conditioning. We love it. Melrose Podcast Studios. They do have air conditioning. We just shut it off. And our sound engineer, Chris Mueller, is at Chris Mueller 203 on Instagram and TikTok. I'm going to spell it M-U-E-L-L-E-R with the numbers 203. Thank you for being here and we'll see you next week. 